This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. We are here um, together. Anyone that prayed from their seat, that cried out, that moved in unity. Um, church is a place where we can partake as individuals from our seats. We are interacting and we are building a personal relationship with the Lord. Isn't that amazing? Look, um, I just walked over to Lisa in worship, and I said there's a battle here this morning. And uh, I think um, God is just with us, taking us through the trenches, taking us through um, the last, uh, just to update you guys, the last month we had encounter three and encounter four, and there's, yeah, there's some exciting, excited people in the house. There's just been a really a move of discipleship of people taking their place. And I just want to invite you, if you are new around here, you are in for a journey. Amen? Um, can I get an amen from the Encounter 4 people? Are they here? <laughs> Listen, we're going to go for it this morning. So strap on. We are talking about the unity of the faith. And the fact that as we come together, there is certain things that we are not going to budge on. We're going to believe and we're going to go for it, for it with all our hearts. And there's also certain things that we, that we don't need to, to fight over and we don't need to part ways. But there's certain things that, um, that is the integral, the vital parts of the faith. And we want to gather around those. Amen. And Andre started last week, and he was speaking on God and who he is and some of his attributes. And we're going to camp on this a little bit. What I'm going to do is I'm going to move a little bit to who we are as humans. Um, What are we? And what does the Bible say about us? What does God say about us? What is the Christian belief around which we gather here? Now, this is a topic that actually overwhelmed me a little bit to put this together because I, I had to touch here and there, and I couldn't. I cannot work through any one thing fully, but um, I'm going to have some things on the table here for us to gather around and to feast on. And I'll tell you why this is um, worthy of a battle, because it answers some of the most important questions in life, which secularism and atheism wants also to answer to our children. And so my question to you is, do you have the answer for your children and your grandkids. Are you ready? Let's gather around the biblical truth, equip ourselves to speak for God. Amen? Father, as we gather here this morning, help us not to play church. Help us not to sing songs because we sing songs, but to sing because we see you there in heaven. We have community with you. We see you in heaven, and we experience you here, Holy Spirit. And so we sing to you. Help us not to come to listen to a preach, but help us to come discover you in the Scriptures, to grow in you, to love you by hearing and making your word find a home in our hearts. In fact, Lord, we demolish everything that's built on our hearts that's not from you. And we reconstruct and rebuild our lives, our thoughts, our ideals around your word. And as we speak this time around the unity of the faith, this month or so, 
Let us gather strongly as your people. Amen. You are created and loved. Just tap the person next to you and say, Yes, mooi gemaak. You are perfectly made. If you are sitting next to that girl that you want to ask on a date, this is your moment. Just, it's for free. It's just, I'm helping you here, all right? Then God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. They say amen to this verse. And over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female. For you formed my inward parts. Psalm 139. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Now, I'm just going to make an excuse or so before I start. In the first part of this message, I'm going to go a little bit intellectual, and then I'm going to move devotional, because what I want us to do is I want us to understand, understand what is being said to our children and to our people when it comes to the creation of man in schools. We need to know it. We need to understand it because God has the answer. Amen? So, so don't tap out when we go a little bit intellectual because we need to love him with our minds as well. And then we're going to move and see why this is deeply devotional, what God has for us here. If we look at Psalm 139, we see that you formed my inward parts. And then it says, even my frame was not hidden from you. God was meticulously, meticulously in control when he made you. Your inward parts, you know, some of us, when we see certain things, we are moved on the inside. And sometimes we are shy because certain things makes us cry, you know. Don't be shy, you know. <laughs> it was formed, all right. You were formed that way. Um, I, I once was a part of a small group, and, and uh, my wife was a part of the dominoes there. When, when one person tears up, if one person cries, there's about 50% of a small group, they all cry, all right. And um, <laughs> because they just made like that. Because God put people on earth that burns with compassion, you know. Um, some of us, we are living in this world and we're trying to change our frame. I'm not saying it should not be healthy. We're trying to change stuff about us that was made. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was being made, he made you. Stand up and own that. You were made. You are loved. You are not an accident. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that incredible? But Taifan also said, That's all right. 
if you don't have a lot of hair, you've got an opportunity to shine, okay, in this town. You shine a light for the Lord. <laughs> Your frame was not hidden. He knew you would be like short and fast or, or long and long, just act, you know, and that's all right. So you made like that. Scripture is so meticulous about it. Now, allow me to take us on a small little journey to understand what is the battle that we are facing, because it's not such a great battle. Near-atheistic explanation of creation has many problems. We're going to touch on one to help us. Both atheists, scientists, and Christians, both believe, both say we, we both say that we cannot, we were not there when man were made. So even scientists these days say we, we, we don't know how, we don't, we don't 100% sure how nothing became something. Okay. But generally, scientists put their faith, atheistic scientists, that we came from a DNA soup okay, that developed into humans. And how that soup came to be, they're not sure. Christians said, that's a leap of faith. That's something you believe right there. We also have a leap of faith. We believe we were created by God. That's what we are dealing with here. But now, the problem is that in universities, Christians are made out to be a little bit stupid. You guys are so narrow. Poor you guys. You're so unscientific in your faith. And that's just not true. Here's the thing. The rise of the scientific movement as we know today came from Christians because they believed that the rational God created the world, then created humans with the ability to think and observe. And therefore, they believed if we look at this creation and behold it that God has made, surely we'd be able to behold and observe and learn. And so it was. Now, here's the thing. Science is not, know this, opposed to God. You have to get it out of our minds. Science is not opposed to God. You don't have people of science and people of faith. God is the one that set the world in motion. In other words, he is the father of science, what we can behold. Okay? He's not against it. But faith answers a different question. Okay, listen very carefully. Science can tell you why the kettle is cooking and tell you, you are here. Kettle is cooking because someone put on the plug, and now the electricity is moving to an element, the element is getting warm, the particles are starting to move, starting to boil, and then science knows that. But what science cannot tell you is whether I'm making coffee or tea. And both is true. And they're not conflicting. Science can tell you, you are here, but it cannot tell you why you are here leaves you that you are, you, are, you are something, you're not nothing, but it cannot tell you why you are here and whether you have a purpose or not. It is different questions, and it's not opposed to one another. Are you with me? Now, in the New York Times, published a few years ago, in this world, this is the atheistic view. I'm starting a little bit intellectual. Don't tap out. In this world, billions of years old, billions of galaxies, how significant are you? In the New York Times, you are not special. This is the word quoted. You are just another piece of decaying matter on the compost pile of this world. 
Nothing you do in the short time you are here will ever matter. So go and be kind to people. It does not work. It does not work. This man, his name is Friedrich Nietzsche. He was an atheist, and he's an atheist that Christians can say thank you very much because he was an honest one, and here's what he said. He said, if you say, if you say you are an atheist, but take care of the poor and love the needy, you are a Christian, you're not an atheist. He said it. Because the idea that humans are valuable cannot come from atheism. You are a matter, you are matter decaying on a compost heap in the world, and you are just passing through. No one will be here in a hundred or a million years to know what you do or did not do. So whether you're a hugger or a mugger, as the Titanic is going down, live your best life here. And this guy, at least with integrity, said, yeah, that's true. If it was not for the Christians, there would be no value on a human life, because they were the ones who said, he made us. So we thank God for Nietzsche, which at least was honest. Then, something happened to this man. I'm going devotional. A year before he died, 3rd of January, 1989. This man who says, don't care, live your best life, do your thing, is observing, was observing how a man was beating a horse. And something moved in his heart. And he ran across the plains and he threw his body on the horse to protect the horse. It was a massive commotion. The police were there because it, it caused an upstir. And he had a breakdown. And his heart leapt for a horse. What happened in this man's heart? I'll tell you what happened. Let's go to the next verse. Then the Lord formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The man became a living creature. The Lord planted the garden in the east, and there he put the man. Nietzsche can say, don't care, don't care. But when that horse was being beat, his, his heart leapt. And he could not stop himself, and he ran. Why? Because you can say different things, but you still are what you are. You are made by God. Two men sat on a stage. It was two years ago. One a uh, follower of Jesus, a scientist, and one atheist, and the man that was doing the meeting in front of the audience asked the atheist, asked both of them, okay, so your grandson is coming to sit on your lap, and he's asking you, who am I? You're talking about creation. What will you tell him? Peter Singer, well-known atheist scientist, he says, I will tell my grandson that he is an animal of the species of the Homo sapiens. And some of us are bad, and some of us are good. And the man of God, also scientist, prophet, professor at Oxford, he said, and you could see him tearing up, he said, I will tell that young child he's loved. And he was beautifully made, and he is so valuable, because he was made in the image and the likeness of God. And God came because he loved him. Here's the test. You can put any group of people in this room right now. You bring up a baby. And you tell that group of people this baby 
as just a piece of decaying matter, and everyone will object. Why? Because they were made in the image of God. They cannot hold back. We were made in the image of God. And sometimes we don't want to follow Him because we don't want to give up our lives, but we cannot. We cannot stop ourselves from caring. We cannot stop ourselves from loving. We cannot stop ourselves from saying we are so arrogant until we get children and we say they're the best in the world. They're so valuable. Why are they valuable? Because he made them and you know it. You know it. Romans 1 verse 20 tells us it's for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power, his divine nature. Those are invisible things. Have been clearly perceived. We know it. Ever since the creation of the world, the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. Why did Nietzsche run across the plains? It was made in the image of God. It's clearly perceivable. Well, he cared. He said he did not care, but he cared. Why do we love our young? Why do we love our family? Why do we care for people? It's in us. We bear his resemblance. The image of God in us might be distorted, especially if we don't know him, but it's in here. We believe it with all our heart. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar, my daughters from the end of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory. Six quick things before I end up with how I think we must respond. You are different than an animal because you've got spiritual aspects. Will your dog pray for you for an hour? He cannot do that. You're different. He's not an animal. From species of homo sapiens, he's created by God. We have spiritual aspects, okay? We believe this. We have mental aspects. Um, birds still build the same nests, Okay? We don't travel still in the same way. We are different. There's something about us. We have complex abstract language. You can tell a young child, I want you to go out that door. They've, even if they've never been there, I want you to go out that door, then turn like this, and you'll find a screwdriver. There you pick it up, you bring it to me, and watch out because the floor is wet, and they'll get it. We are different. This is just superficially. Physical aspects. We bear his resemblance. We can see he sees. We can hear, he can hear. We can speak, he can speak. We can listen to one another in the same way that God hears us. There's something about us. We see it. And we have free will. We say, I will work in the garden or I won't. Mostly I will say I won't. Okay, I, I reject that. I embrace that. We, we have the ability to engage. We are different. All right. Now, let's land this for today. What do we do with our hearts? What do we do with our hearts? Let's open our hearts to Him. You are created and loved. So let me say this. I have four things for you. No, three. No, four. Yes. When you look up, you will find that you are not abandoned. Very important. Starting about very simply, when you look up, you will find that you are not alone. I want to tell you, most of us here, we have friends, we have family, 
We have people we can connect with, go to. There are people around the world that's got no one. No one. There's no hope here. For each and every human that will look up, they will not be abandoned. He's there looking over us, watching over us, loving us. And this is great hope. To you I lift my eyes, O you who are enthroned in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maidservant to the hand of a mistress, so my eyes look to the Lord our God, till he has mercy on us. Why is there hope for us in our affliction? If this world is all there is and you are born without legs, that's a raw deal. If this world is all there is. If it's eternity, he's here and he will carry you through. There's an eternity. If we look up, we are not alone. What we believe, very important, is your immaterial part will exist for eternity with God or in hell. Read with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Okay, it's not the end of this material world. There's not a circle around this world and when you are dead, you die. No, there's an eternity. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both the soul and the body in hell. Okay. Our bodies returns to the ground, our spirits endure into eternity. Okay? And in the kingdom of God, each of us will get a resurrected body. As they were stoning Stephen, listen to this man of faith, he called out, he said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. His body is going to pass here. Don't, don't worry. Don't worry too much about the body, Okay? Don't, make, don't elevate it. Okay, we, can, we, we, can, we should not neglect it, but don't elevate it. It is not God. Okay? The man's body fell to the ground and his spirit rose to God. He fell back into the bosom of his creator who loved him and never forsook him. Are you with me this morning? Now here, when we talk about when we talk about um, you know, the, we are eternal, we can be with God or in heaven, then uh, the secular voices shout at our children. No, you don't be so harsh. You can't say people are going to hell. They tell our children in the schools, you know. No, no, you can't say people, you must accept Jesus. It's so, this, is, this is so unkind. You know, it's so intolerant. Until until you ask the following question. It all makes sense. If this world is all about getting to this top, okay? if this world is all about you know, eating the weak and making your way, making sure your family or your species makes it, if it's all about fighting your way to the top, being healthier, wealthier, better, what is my Savior doing on my cross? What is God doing walking the earth? <laughs> being smashed to pieces. 
hanging in my place? But that is a question that must be answered. What is he doing there? Our creator. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. And by his wounds you have been healed. The third thing I want to say this morning is on a mission of love, Jesus, God, sacrificed his life to redeem humans of sin and to reconcile them for eternity. This is something we have to gather around. There's no, there's no open or closed hand here. Talk about the unity of a faith. We gather around this. He came. He is the only way. But he did not stand afar off. He came into our sin, into our suffering, and did what had to be done. Because he created us and loved us and then came to his own. And that is why you jumped up, Mitzi. You know this in your heart. That's why you jumped up. That's why you care. And then go and do the same. Go and do the same to the world around us. Why? Why do we feed the weak? Why do we serve the people? Why do we befriend the outcast? Why do we love without reservation? Why can we be fearless? It has been done unto us. Let us not hold back, but let us go and follow his example. You are valuable because he created you and he breathed into you. You were dead in your sins and I was dead in my sins. Then he came himself. That's what he was doing on the cross. To give us salvation so that we can be with him forever because your immaterial part will live for eternity. A long time. And while we are here, we have the mandate to follow after his life. Whatever we can see in scripture, whatever we can see him do, he, the way he spoke, the way he loved, the way he cared, the way he laid himself down for his bride. He says, go and do the same. That is why we do these things. And we do not stop until he comes back. Amen. This is a battle. And we should understand this, be able to speak on this, and teach our young ones in this. This is not a side issue. This is a core issue. Our Creator is our everything. And it all starts with Him. Let's rise this morning. Let, let's stand up and respond to this. You can stand up. How do you respond to, to this? I know we know this. Let's land it into our hearts. How do you respond to this? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you this morning? He's here.
just where you are standing, maybe take a deep breath and just say, Lord, what are you whispering to me this morning? I want to tell you that if you have never committed your life to God and you feel that, you know, there's been times when it feels like your life is a battle, there's stuff going on in your heart, this is it. He is calling you to himself. That is what you've been experiencing. That is what you are feeling. That's the friction in your heart. He is calling you. And I want to ask you this morning to respond to your Creator. To say, Lord, I am yours. And so as we are in this place this morning and believers are praying, I want to ask you to consider your heart, consider your life, consider your Maker. Have you turned your face to Him? And said, Lord, take me, I'm yours. Have you turned your face to him? Have you said, I am coming to you, Lord, wash me? You have an opportunity this morning to do that. Someone wants to pray with you this morning. And so I want to ask you to be bold in this place this morning. If you want to make a commitment, you want to make a commitment to follow God all the days of your life and be with Him for eternity to acknowledge your sin and ask Him to wash you clean then it is our privilege to be alongside you this morning on your journey and pray with you so I'm going to count to three and if you want to make a commitment or a recommitment to Jesus I want to ask you to put your hand up very high, very bold because he died for you and for me. It was in the open. He was not ashamed of us. Hanging there nakedly, smashed to pieces. People could see his intestines. The love in which he loved us. What a lover to return to or to meet for the first time. So that is you. If you want to make a commitment to him today, I want to ask you to put up your hand in one, two, and very high. There's many hands all across this place. Put your hand up very high. I'm going to ask someone, we've got people in this place that wants to pray with you. Just keep up your hand. They will find you where you are. Can you just keep your hand up? Can I just ask small group leaders or facilitators, some of you have booklets, just to move to someone with a hand in the air. Yes, if there's someone with you, you can lower your hand. Just keep your hand up on the here in front, please keep your hand up. There we go. There we go. If there's, if there's not someone with a hand on you, just indicate to me again. I can just send someone. We want to pray with you. We want to all pray together. But I believe there's someone standing next to you now. There's still a hand taken. I get a foot. Thank you, Maria. We will come to you today. Let's all pray together. And then we're going to ask the facilitator just to pray. Pray specifically with that person and help them. Let's all pray for a moment. Lord Jesus, our Creator, here we are. 
we turn our face to you, our maker, our creator, who breathed life into us. We are just like you. We are like our father. That's why we care. That's why we cry. But I have sinned, Lord. And I come to you. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean by the blood of Jesus. I am yours. Jesus, I believe in you. I will follow you. You are mine and I am yours. Help me to live for you with all my life. I will live for eternity because that's how you made me. What I want to ask you to do is to find just a place to sit with that person. Put up their hand, maybe nearby if you just have to move a seat or so. Just find a place to sit and ask them, what can you pray them for? And we've got a book for them. And we want to take the details for the rest of us. What I want us to do for three minutes is to sit down and ask the person next to you, what stood out for you today? What is God saying to you? So take a seat just for three minutes. What, what is God saying to you this morning? And share it with someone while we are praying with those people who put up their hands. sharing of someone sitting next to you and they have a prayer request, you can offer to pray with them if they are open and you can minister to one another um, right there where you are seated. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.